thinking back to when I used to work for a, for this homeless shelter. Sometimes a series of events happens in life and you kind of have to reach out for help, but the kind of help that your family or friends can't help you out with, you know, give yourself a little bit of time to shake the dust off and <clears throat> and regroup yourself, you know. It's a sad moment of charity, but, you know, a lot of good things can come from being in a situation like that. And with this virus hitting, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of people that's going to discover <laughs> that same thing. But, uh, yeah, after I, after I moved out and got my place and everything, I was stable as far as income goes. Eventually, that ended up changing, and there was a position open at the shelter. It just so happened, you know, just the timing. And, uh. I left on pretty good terms. <clears throat> you know, I got along well somewhat with the staff. But it's being in that situation was the strangest I've ever been in. Because whenever you have some people that help you, you kind of look up to them. But then, whenever you spend enough time with them, it's almost like seeing an angel become a demon. You know, you're like, I put you up on this pedestal and I'm finding out that you're actually this, this way. So, that was after... I accept the position. I don't know. I try to look at opportunity with everything. And with working at a homeless shelter, one of the things that I wanted to learn how to do was uh, get involved with grant writing. Because, you know, the government, they offer a lot of funds, you know, to help those that are in need. And... You know, some people have great aspirations, <laughs> but unfortunately, in the nonprofit sector, there's always going to be a big chance of financial misuse of, you know, government funds. So some people, they try and they, and they fail, but like, I don't know, whenever I think about the community... I have pretty good ideas as far as, you know, what could be used to help, you know, the, the greater good, so to speak. So if I knew how to apply for grants, I would be able to, you know, use those funds to try to do something positive, you know. So, yeah, I saw opportunity by taking that position there. And it was a, uh, it was in like an administration, uh, administrative, you know, position, 
So, you know, there was a lot of documentation involved, which, you know, I, I love my desk, <laughs> you know, running machinery. Yeah, that, that could be challenging and rewarding, but a desk is nice and safe. You know, you ain't going to get your arm. You, you're not going to lose a, you, you're not going to lose an arm fucking around with a desk unless, you know, you did something just insanely stupid. But, uh, yeah, I got kind of settled and I did what I could for everybody that came through those doors. You know, it's, it's a little different whenever you're the one that's in need of charity. But whenever you're well-to-do and you're on the other end of the charity work, you know, helping other people out, you just you just see, like, a different side of people. Like, whenever it comes to homelessness, it does not discriminate. I mean, that shit hits people tall, <laughs> short, skinny, fat black, white, it doesn't matter, you know, it, it affects, it, it, it affects everybody, some people manage it a lot better than others, but, uh, yeah, the people that I saw, you could just, sometimes you could just tell, it's like, yeah, this person is just going to be in and out, and then <laughs> there's some where it's like, yeah, they gonna be here for a little while. <laughs> you know, what what's crazy is it's like whenever you spend enough time with somebody who's homeless, you kind of discover why they became homeless. It's like you sit there and you have a conversation with them. And you're like, wow, yeah, that sounds like they have, you know, a pretty good outlook on life. And, you know, they're intelligent. Wow, you know how to weld. Wow, that's, that's, well, why the hell are you here, you know? And then, like, two days later, you hear them screaming and hollering at their wife or whatever. And, you know, he comes stumbling down the stairs all drunk and shit. And it's like, okay, so alcohol, that's your problem, <laughs> you know? That's that little that's that little bugger that that landed you here, you know. Some people with substances, other people, you know, it's just they just got fucked over, you know? Because whenever it comes to housing, there's rules that the government looks at. So say for instance, if Timothy is living in a home that's owned by the family, but the person's name on on you know on on the home on the title is like Larry, and Larry does not like Timothy. It doesn't matter family or not. If he wants to put that person out, you know he he could put Timothy out. His name isn't on the lease. You know, he could have been living there for 20-something years, put sweat equity, you know, into it, did landscaping, home improvements. I mean, it, it's, it's just it's just how, how they have it. So there are people that landed, you know, 
at that shelter's doorstep that just got screwed over by some, you know, it's how the documentation is. You have to make sure that your name is on the lease. If your name isn't on the lease, it, I mean, you could, you could be living with your parents. You know, if your name isn't on the lease and they want to put you out, if they call the cops, the cops going to tell you, hey, look, you got to go. It's trespassing. You know, they could, they, you could, you could do some time and damage your, your record, you know, by being someplace that you're not wanted, so to speak. So, yeah, there's a lot of people that, that fall into homelessness for just jacked up reasons. It's just unfair how a lot of things are. But, uh, what's even more unfair is whenever, you're in a position and, you know, you can help, you know, it's always good to try to help, but sometimes people have different ideas and they're not their best, but whenever it's a consistent problem, you know, I mean, it, it can affect everybody. So there's a lot of people that went from being homeless to being homeless. <laughs> I mean, like, in my mindset, a homeless shelter is a place where you can work some type of program and you come out of homelessness. You go to a homeless shelter, they help you find a home. That's just it. It's just, it's in and then out. But whenever you go out, you're supposed to have a home, a place where your name is on the lease. That's usually how things are supposed to work in my mind, you know. But like I said, some people have different aspirations whenever it comes to homeless shelters. And the one that I worked at, yeah, I saw these people I looked up to. It's just, I don't know. It's the outcome of a lot of the people that left that shelter could have been a lot better if the distractions were cut down. There was like a confidentiality agreement that everybody must sign, which basically says, okay, you're in a vulnerable position and you're not, you know, you have your, you have a right to have your privacy protected. So don't go down to Walmart <laughs> and talk about who's staying here. You know, it's, you got to have privacy. You know, everybody's background is private. You know, everybody's trying to get out of homelessness. Exposing people's private, you know, lives, that's a huge no-no. You know, because it's a huge distraction and it's illegal. You know, you can't, you just can't do that. It's not a humane thing to do. So, one day... There's a guy that lands on our doorstep. And 
I handled a lot of the applications, but for some reason, this one was kind of slid around a little bit, but it was one of those situations where it was like a private matter. So, you know, it's like, yeah, I understand. And I learned there's things that I do not want to (laughs) know, you know? So it's like, if it was some shit that you had to slide underneath the table so I wouldn't have to see it, then it's probably best that I don't see it. So just let it fucking go. So I didn't know anything from anything. Fast forward maybe about a month after he got there, all of a sudden there's rumors floating around. They're saying that uh, this guy is a convicted felon and that it has something to do with second degree murder. And that kind of information in a small town, holy shit. I don't even know what that shit means. And I don't want to know because that's a part of, you know, life that people are just, I don't know. It's, I don't, I, I don't know. I would be having a different discussion if I went down that road. But whatever the shit meant, meant that it was bad. And what was what's so bad is whenever you hear something like that, it doesn't matter the type of person you are. You look at that person completely different after that, you know? And that's... That's that's just not right, you know, because, uh, yeah, everybody has a past, but a lot of it has to deal with what we're trying to do with the present, and apparently he supposedly served his time, which, you know, is, I mean, I don't know anything from anything. The only thing I know is that at that moment that he landed at that doorstep, there was a lot of things that could have changed for the positive for his life. But did that happen? In no way, shape, or form. You see your angels turning demons, and, you know, it's like you just hear shit. And it's like, that's some some crackhead shit. It's like... (laughs) You try to squeeze cigarettes out of people, so you threaten to write them up if they don't give you a cigarette. It's like, hey, you know your chore tonight, you were supposed to clean the kitchen. You know, well, give me a couple cigarettes or whatever, and I'll let you off the hook. But if you don't, I'm going to have to write you up. You know, I mean, that's an inhumane way to, because... If you fucking homeless, you don't have any money, you know, or if you do, you're supposed to save, you know, for budgeting purposes. But you don't, I don't know. For some reason, I just, that shit just seems wrong to me. And it's like, damn, I would have expected more from my coworker. 
you know, so you hear that. Then you hear about, like, some clients, they take medication for pain. Well, part of the program that was at the shelter was there was something called a pill count. So you get your 30, 31-day supply. I don't know what the number is, but you get your supply. And they hold the pills for you in the office. So every time you take a pill, they mark it down that you took the pill. That way they can keep track of the shit. Well, if you're working there and you're buying pills from the client and then they piss you off and then you turn around and do a pill count knowing that you bought extra pills off of them, knowing that their number is going to be off. It's like, and then, oh, well, you know what? We're going to have to, you know, let the director know about this. And the director looks at it and is like, yeah, you've been misusing your pills, so you have to go. And then your shit's out on the curb. And that whenever you see that happen like multiple times, it's just seeing, you know, the people that you look up to just turn into somebody that begins to affect you because you start to see all these people's potential being ruined. And it's like that's how do you handle that? I guess the millennials call it ghosting now. <laughs> but I ghosted them. I had to. I mean, it was probably better that I ghosted and just fucking left than to create some type of confrontation. Because the only thing that that harms is just me. You know, it hurts my personal goals. Shit just wasn't right, you know? I mean, like I said, a lot of people, they have high aspirations and they believe that they can make a change, but whenever your motive is different than what the arrangement was meant for, it's never gonna, it's never gonna, I'm not gonna say that. It's difficult to maintain. Some people, they wanna do it for business reasons, you know? <laughs> Some possibly crooked business reasons. Whenever you try to play the money game, you know, I mean, it, it, just, it, it never works out. That's why you hear about so many homeless shelters opening and closing or, you know, losing, you know, funding. So they have to cut programs. And I mean, it's just like sad. It is like bad management. But a lot of it, you can tell is it's like how they treat, you know, homeless people. 
I remember. Uh, well, I can't. I can't speak on that because, I mean, you know, everything worked out for the better, I guess. But yes, yeah, I, I don't know. sad whenever you know people let you down like that it's even sadder to see the people's lives that you know can be negatively affected because that guy with that with that stuff on his record you know who knows where he is now because that was That was like three years ago. And it takes a lot of time to pull yourself out of losing, you know, your your home. I mean, you don't bounce back in two or three months. <laughs> like I said, there's a series of events that happens. You know, whenever people are struggling to hold on to their shit, you find out exactly who you are whenever you go through that situation. Cause whenever you gotta, whenever you lose your home, it's like, all right, what's the shit that's important to me, you know? And you start pushing around all this stuff, and you you start to figure out how strong you are. Like, look, I don't want to have to deal with all this, you know. I don't even need this right here, and this I've never, I should have given this away two years ago, you know. Yeah, but some people, they're not like that, though, you know. They're dumping stuff off, you know, on family and friends. And, yeah, it's just this huge process. Some people, they don't really struggle with the material things. They struggle with, like, the financial things. So, like, like bills, whenever you got that debt collector trying to, you know, come by and repossess that car, <laughs> you know, when your car get taken away, then you can't make it to work, it's just a huge process, and like all the emotional and mental, you know, stress that people go through, like the last, the last place that they end up, <laughs> The last thing that they go through is moving into a homeless shelter. That's why whenever I see them, I'm like, hey, look, everything's going to be okay. You know, this is the first day of the rest of your life. I don't know what you've gone through, you know, before you got here. But rest assured, as long as you don't do no crazy shit. <laughs> So uh, whenever they whenever they've lost their shit, man, it's like you know sometimes people they feel like their ego is gonna protect them, so they come through that door and they feel like they gotta talk big and they gotta show out. Yeah, I ain't hurting. I'm not this. I'm not that. But then you gotta start working your program and you're hearing no. No, 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 whenever you're trying to apply for jobs and apply for housing. Yeah, it's humbling. 
one of the guys I looked up to told me, he said, whenever you see people, he said, I, whenever, whenever I see people, I look at change. And I was like, change? What are you talking about change? He said, I look at the change in them. I look at the change in them from the time that they walk through that front door to the time that they walk out of that door. He said, that's how I look at people. It's like, what type of change did they go through? Did they go through a good change? Did they go through a negative change? I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I held it there. Find out he's part of the fucking pill count conspiracy. Man, that's something else, too. Like, whenever people are getting put out, that that look on their face is almost like somebody shoving a carrot up their ass. <laughs> it's like they just have, like, this look like, I don't believe that I'm leaving this place and I don't have a place to go, <laughs> you know? I mean shit it's sad uh, the only thing I could have done is uh, like the best thing I could have done is, is left cause I mean if I continued to work there I would have felt like I had blood on my hands or like I was contributing contributing to that and, you know it's, I didn't I didn't want that on my conscience you know I hope that the people that I interacted with felt like, you know, they viewed me as approachable and that something good did come from the interactions that, you know, that we had. But, I mean, man, there were just some some things, some underhanded, you know, actions and I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's not something I really wanted to podcast about, but for some reason, I'm up at 3 o'clock in the fucking morning, and I've, I've had all this funny shit that I've been wanting to record, but for some reason, I can't get my audio right. So... I don't know. I don't know why that dude popped into my head. But I thought that would have been a good story. Maybe I'll use this clip for something else. <laughs>